Join Sarah Weiss in the infinite field of energetic aliveness and heart-centered wisdom. This is the Earth Love Spirit Podcast. Welcome to the Earth Love Spirit Podcast. I'm Sarah Weiss on a bright sunny day in Northeast Ohio. And today we have a fun interview with Monica Rogers. Monica is an endless advocate for the full actualization of women. And she inspires women everywhere to say yes to the mess. So Monica believes that women can take action towards realizing our true potential only when we stop proving and striving and trying to be who everyone wants us to be. When we become true to ourselves and return to our original design with love and compassion, we become aligned, opening the portal to our divine purpose, where peace, joy, and prosperity dwells. So this is a wonderful topic for our podcast today, and it really gets to the heart of the spiritual nature of women and our natural orientation to love and the divine and the divine feminine. So help me welcome Monica Rogers. Welcome, Monica. Thank you for joining us on the Earth Love Spirit podcast. Hey, Sarah. Hi, everybody. It's so great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Monica and I have been discussing what are we going to talk about today? And there are are so many wonderful topics. I said, let's just do them all. So <laughs> we may be on a little kind of wiggly journey through consciousness today. Um, we're going to be on an adventure. How's that? At, okay, we're on an adventure today. So let's start out with what I love uh, about Monica is her ability to embrace the realness of us as women. I mean, it's like there's just no hiding and pretending anymore. So uh, the messy, magical magnificence of, of us as human beings and embodied in our female bodies. So, Monica, uh, why don't you start us our adventure here? Oh, sure. Oh, my goodness. Well, I always say that I love... I love the moment that I decided to say yes to the mess <laughs> and that when I really understood that, that my mess, my own mess is my message and that, you know, I invite any woman who's listening to really try that on for herself because there's something about um, perfection that's always been like a, like a, um, like a plague for me, <laughs> like a, um, like one of those, oh shoot, I was doing that thing again where I was trying to be perfect, where I need to really, really self-approve and, and really kind of be my own best friend and offer myself the greatest amount of compassion because these habits that we've been taught just through social conditioning have been really hard to break. And I think they're hard for all of us women. And so perfection, of course, has been one of mine. And I would assert that it's something that often plagues many of us as women. You know, I look back at 
my 69 years of being a, a female on this planet. And so many of those years were characterized by what was wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And it's such a shame uh, to waste that much time feeling that badly about ourselves. Well, exactly. And really, um, you know, that's that part, you know, that of us that we've also kind of been conditioned to look for, for all these flaws within ourselves. But, you know, I often say, like, what if um, this is, you know, our imperfect selves are exactly what's required? What if we're uniquely suited to be here exactly as we are. And that's where I go back to really inviting women to start practicing what I call radical self-approval. And, um, you know, it's just that moment where we get to affirm ourselves for being, for all of it getting to belong and for not making ourselves wrong for who we are as our imperfect selves, that we get to be just like you said, Sarah, messy and magnificent, that it doesn't, one doesn't exclude the other. Like it doesn't, they're not mutually exclusive. Do you think that um, the younger women coming up are as ingrained in this programming as the women that came before them? Is there a new energy about this on the planet? I would say, um, yes, there is. There absolutely is. And (laughs) I always love that sacred and. And I still think that the programming is very, very strong. And so um, I notice, you know, I have uh, two children. I have an almost 16-year-old boy and I have an almost 19-year-old young woman. And they you know, there's no escaping it. So as, as a parent, you know, what I've found is that it's really up to me to continually point it out, to continually point out what has been hidden or is invisible. And I call it the trance of unworthiness. It's something that I talk about and write about a lot. And for boys and girls, there's two kind of very different ways that we socialize them that becomes inherently dangerous as they grow up because, um, you know, if we're not conscious of the ways that we socialize our children, we, we have them repeat these patterns, of course. And so um, this, it, it seems insidious. It's almost like it's in the drinking water and we can't get outside of it. We struggle, we push, we, we break bonds, we, we do all kinds of things in a way to push our way out of this, including you know, experimenting in so many different ways and and just trying, trying, trying. And it seems like there's this membrane around us that we just can't get out of it. At least that's how it feels to me. It's like I have to drop in and out and remind myself that um, I can be as powerful as anyone, male, female, whoever, but it's a constant having to remember that just mm-hmm. because I yeah. fell back into it. Yep, it's a practice, right, Sarah? And mm-hmm. and I love that you word the you used the word remember because it's true. You know, if we if if we kind of leave the social conditioning out of it for a moment and we really just look at 
our spiritual practice as human beings, you know, I always say that we're both human and divine, right? And so for, for me, um, the Revelation Project and how I invite our listeners to really participate in the Revelation Project is that we're all doing our own project. Um, so I can talk about what it's like to do my project, you know, and, and tell you that what it is for me is to really be in this practice of continually remembering that I am both divine and human. And that when I forget, I'm kind of back in the trance. And so it is about actually bringing myself back to my breath, bringing myself back home to myself, where I remember who I am. It is a practice, and it, it's really interesting how intimidating it can be to start to realize and feel the strength and power and largesse of my being or, you know, women's beings, and how how it seems like they were were the feminine was just pushed aside several thousand years ago mm-hmm. and they just said okay it's gone what are we going to do now we'll just figure this out how to do this without the divine feminine what i would say though is also that there's just so much oh, there's so much happening right now there's there's the divine feminine is returning and as i say that of course i'm i'm really feeling that feeling her and um gosh and there's so much to say about that but what you know i i guess what i would would say about um where we're at right now i i have a wonderful mentor uh her name is lynn twist and she calls the 21st century the sophia century and it's this idea that you know for the last 100 years or the 20th century it was all about war and the fear of war And the 21st century, which she calls the Sophia century, is really all about, you know, the the century of wisdom. It's about, and and if you really look at, you know, what is wisdom, and we point back to kind of the oldest ancient text there is, and you look back in the Bible, you can see that Sophia in the Bible was mentioned over and over again. And of course, that is the spirit, the wisdom. And so, and then if you look at kind of the mythology of Sophia, or you look at the goddess Sophia, you can start to see some really interesting correlations. You can see that, for example, Sophia, um, the goddess of wisdom had a totem animal with her, which was the owl. And what is unique about the owl? Well, the owl could cleave through the darkness and could give us a higher perspective. And that's what this century is really about. It's about the invitation for the divine feminine to come back and remember us. I'm just taking a breath with that and uh, a pause because it's important to take in. And you are now um, merged with the Sophia wisdom. You're in the embrace of her light 
and her love. Are you feeling that? Mm-hmm. And we all are. We all are in this moment. Can you share with our listeners maybe one of the first times you were able to experience this, mm. being embraced by her? Yeah, yeah, I can. I'm finding myself feeling emotional as you ask that question because what comes up or arises in me um, is, you know, a time in my life, you know, I say that I almost had to lose my life to choose my life. And um, what happened was that I had been doing all of the things that they say we women can do, (laughs) you know, in this crazy world, which was all of the, you know, like, what was allowed was, was my fully expressed masculine side, you know, as, as women, as girls, um, we kind of have this um, kind of this double challenge because we're really not allowed to be either. (laughs) We're not allowed to be fully masculine and we're not allowed to be fully feminine, Um, you know? And so there's a way that we, we end up almost, um, denying, you know, ourselves at that very critical passage where we start, um, not only do we kind of self-abandon, but, you know, we also um, start to wear masks in order to survive. We end up oftentimes escaping up into our heads instead of being in our bodies because the world becomes a very kind of uninhabitable place. Um, and for us to emotionally inhabit the world, we have to be in our bodies. And that is a very, very difficult proposition for a young woman who is often objectified um, you know, in a society that, you know, is, is somewhat hostile towards women, um, y- you know, and there's, there's a lot of, you know, different avenues I could go down. But what, what I will say is that I was kind of doing that thing that I think a lot of us do, which is I started wearing all of the masks as a mechanism for survival. You know, I had the right mask for the right environment, the good girl mask, you know, the perfect mother mask, the dutiful wife mask, the, you know, and, and the truth was I, I had gotten so good at wearing masks that I didn't know who I was anymore. And I also felt ironically, just so invisible. You know, I felt like nobody knew the true me, not even me. And so of course that became unsustainable. And, um, you know, and because I was not being true to who I was, I was creating the not true life. You know, my, you know, if our voice is kind of that divining, um, manifesting vibrational energy that creates the world around us, then I was using my voice to create kind of the world that wasn't meant necessarily for me because I wasn't, I was omitting my truth. So, um, you know, I had, you know, a wonderful life from the outside looking in, you know, I had, I had masterfully created that perfect picture life, but it was um, not the life for me. It was a very hollow life. It was a very confusing life. It was a very um, exhausting life. And I was depressed. I was 
disconnected. I, you know, had really done a great job of numbing myself. And so kind of when everything fell apart and, um, you know, I, I also say that it was, it was the moment that I first experienced the divine feminine. You know, we think, um, oh gosh, when you, when I look back, you know, I think, wow, that was when actually the goddess Kali entered my life. You know, uh, she is the goddess of death and rebirth, right? The goddess of destruction. And it's said that, you know, when you are ready to have the divine feminine enter your life, sometimes it, 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 you know, that also then calls in the correct goddess for what you're needing in that moment. And for me, it was, I, I literally, Sarah, remember that moment when I decided to stop pretending and that I could not, that, that I, you know, it was like a life or death decision for me. That if I continued on this way, that I would kind of surely die. And unfortunately, I had allowed myself to become so exhausted that by the time I finally did allow everything to fall apart, I was really in a state of deep adrenal fatigue. I was really in a health crisis as well. So um, I ended up going to bed really for eight, nine months. And it was during that great depression that I started to experience the magic of the divine feminine. And that was how the divine feminine started to inform my life. And of course I can, I have so many stories that I could tell you, but I think what's important here for our listeners is to understand that you know, the, the feminine energy, right? We're, we're not talking necessarily about a gender. What we're talking about is the embodiment of, we contain both of these energies, the masculine and the feminine. And what Sarah was pointing to earlier was this idea that how can we expect to live in a world without the feminine energy. And when we look at what some of those energies are, what we can see is that is the energy of creation, the energy of emotion. There are all of these energies that we need in order for us to be whole. And so Sarah, I'll stop there for a minute and just check in. Uh, I, I, what I'm hearing you say is that, and, and I'm, I'm bringing this out for a, a point because some people don't recognize or they expect something different when uh, with their encounter with the feminine and, mm. and the goddess. And for you, you described a process where it came through as a realization that, mm -hmm. that all of a sudden you had this insight that you just had, in order to survive, you had to change, you had to drop the mask. Um, there's so many different ways of experiencing the feminine and each one uh, brings us back to ourself in a way that's so loving and kind and accepting. Um, but it, in order to open up to that, to crack open to that, there's that Kali part where everything has to like disintegrate, it seems. Mm -hmm. um, it, 
on the path towards that. And so in our culture, we don't allow for those disintegrating moments, those eight months that you spent in bed, right? Yes. It's uh, it's a hard choice to make sometimes when it looks like your whole life is going to fall apart in order to embrace your truth. Right. And, um, right. And what I want to also add to this is, you know, we, I want to go back to the fact that, you know, there's also this idea of being raised in a culture that predominantly kind of, um, highlights, you know, again, we may be very unaware, so to speak of this, but there's always kind of, we're very, very familiar and familiar with the masculine face of the divine, you know, everywhere you look in the world, there are symbols and signs of a masculine dominated culture. And so um, actually as women, we're often, we don't know why, but like even the, the, the word, the term goddess can sometimes make our skin crawl because it's so foreign to us. But when we understand that the goddess is the other, is, is the feminine side of God, you know, that's when we, that's when we start to recognize my, my God, I've had this whole half of my my existence um, omitted from my from my experience here as a human being on earth, you know, experiencing this lifetime that that there's been this whole aspect of our being that we have that we're unfamiliar with. I really relate to what you're saying. And I've seen in myself and with many of my clients, they'll say, you know, I'm a woman, but I feel so masculine inside. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what I'm talking about. It's oh like, yeah. I mean, we we've got the masculine down, you know, and 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 that and that's what we're comfortable with. And I and I also don't want to make us wrong for that because the masculine is a really important aspect to ourselves. We've we've developed it right, and and it's and the you know I also do, I want to be clear too that when I talk about the patriarchy and and the way that we're socialized we're socialized in a mask. We're almost socialized to pay attention to that, those masculine ideals in a way that is to the detriment of ourselves. Right. It doesn't mean that we, it's just that, okay. So let me, let me back up and say this. I'm going to go back to what Lynn twist talks about. She talks about the prophecy of the bird of humanity. And what I love about this prophecy is that, um, it's this idea of for years and years, and I, I can't remember what culture, but it's the indigenous culture had talked about the bird of humanity and the fact that the right wing of the bird, the masculine side has been overdeveloped for centuries and that it's time for the left or the, the feminine wing to be strengthened and developed because the the right side keeps us flying in circles. And if we don't strengthen the left side of the bird of humanity, we will never achieve balance and harmony and soar. And that is the work that we're up to now is we're up to this work of allowing the feminine now to inform us, to come into our lives. And for what that means to us as women is that we have to start to re 
remember ourselves. We have to reclaim ourselves. We have to find the places within, within our lives that we've abandoned ourselves. And we have to remember those pieces of ourselves and start to um, also allow ourselves to re-inhabit our bodies because a lot of us are living up in our heads. And so we're, what we're saying here is there's, there's kind of this, this drop that we need to make into our hearts and into our bodies. And we have to start feeling our feelings and it's almost like retraining ourselves how to be with ourselves, this whole other aspect of ourselves that's foreign to us. And that's going to take some practice and it's going to take a whole lot of self-love and compassion. As you're describing that, I'm just thinking, wouldn't it be wonderful for both the masculine and the feminine to find its way to embodiment in both male and females in our world? That's what we're, that's what we're up to right now. That's the Sophia century. And that, and that feels very palpable to me. I mean, I, I feel it in my body. I feel it as my connection to mother earth, to the great mother as a real um, energy of love that circulates through me and teaches me through that energy, through that frequency to come back, to bring that alive in myself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, a, it's a very um, physical experience for me with the energy and the intelligence of the energy of just of our earth, of uh, the body of Mother Earth that we That's are right. enveloped in. Um, I wonder I- how you feel it. Yeah. Well, I I love what you're pointing to, Sarah, because, you know, honestly, that's that piece too. You know, when we're in that forgetting place, when we're in the trance, we forget that it's all interconnected. We forget that the earth, you know, is um, this living, breathing, feeling energy, you know, intelligence that we're co-creating with, that we're the steward, right? Like we're, we're interdependent with the earth. And so if you look at what we have done in our forgetting of the divine feminine is that we've forgotten that, you know, economy and ecology need also to be integrated. You know, that these are not, we can't have these siloed hierarchied systems or ways of being because that isolates, you know, it compartmentalizes. And so when we talk about what we're up to now during the Sophia century, it it is about this remembering and the interconnectedness so that we can start to create these, these harmonies with the planet, with, with the ecology, with, you know, um, we can't, you know, continue to drive a consumer society without, looking at our impact on our ecology, right? And so what what COVID, you know, I always find it so interesting that COVID is also the name for um, the corona virus mm-hmm. is also crown, right? Mm-hmm. Is this idea of also when we think about the crowning, you know, or the rebirth of our consciousness, 
you know, it's happened in a way through, again, like this Kali experience, this very, what a lot of us can consider me or maybe a very destructive experience, but with it has come a lot of disguised gifts, a lot of rebirth. And I think what's happened is that we've rebirthed a new consciousness here and we're really starting to experience because we've been isolated in a in a strange ironic way it's it's had us remember what's important as you're speaking i'm just um wishing there were more containers for helping women go through this disintegration process and the re- reclamation process. You know, in the, in the past, it was the mystery schools and the ceremony and the, and the way that women knew how to hold a circle mm-hmm. and allow for multiple dimensions of being to create this transformation into the divine feminine um, while embracing the embodiment of the feminine. And um, it's, um, I think we're at the beginning stages of this, so we don't exactly know what it looks like and we're kind of feeling our way through it. Mm-hmm. in a lot of ways um, and there's a lot of courage that we need to have to start trusting that which is guiding us from within yes yeah yes you said the magic word trusting right um, which is also a feminine energy so yeah and I love what you said too about resources you wish there were more resources believe it or not there's um, there's a there's a lot more than we think there are, and um, I'm I'm actually just finishing a list of resources for exactly that reason because I think I I thought to myself you know wouldn't it be great if there was actually like a a curated list of resources that because there I'm starting to see the emergence Sarah of so many mystery schools or and priestess schools and circles of women. And in fact, um, one of them that I'm currently involved with is through um, a a resource called Girl God Books. And um, Monette Chilson and Trista Hendren have been for the past 10 years publishing, um, republishing the stories of women and our history, because of course, part of what's been missing from the world are the stories and the history of women. And so what they've been doing is collecting and curating and publishing these books and republishing these texts. And of course, those of you who are familiar with Megan Watterson know that she published the book, Mary Magdalene Revealed, which talks about the suppressed gospels of Mary Magdalene that, um, you know, have been reinterpreted and put back out in the world. But all of us women, we don't realize that these things are happening because they're not amplified enough yet. They're not mainstream enough yet. So um, 
these women that I'm speaking of are doing uh, a program called Lessons in Lineage for Women, and it, and actually the program is called Reclamation. So I'll be sure to give you that link, Sarah, and you can for sure put it in the show notes, oh, but there that, will be a resource. Yes. That would be valuable. Yeah. Oh, very valuable. It's um, it's quite an experience to have this minute-by-minute awakening, it seems like, um, and broadening of the scope of our beings as women to be in this kind of flux where the the openings just keep coming and coming and coming because more information is being provided now. I mean, it was erased from the planet. I know. It was erased from the planet. And... Um, you know, and it's it's really it's it's really a fascinating story when you start to actually kind of unpack what happened um, and why, right? And so, what I want women who are listening to know is that um, is not is not to be overwhelmed necessarily, because you know, here's the here's the beauty of being a woman (laughs) is that we're actually uniquely designed to intuit the world. When we're ready, this information is going to come in. And it really is about just, you know, trusting that if you're listening to this, that there's probably an exact reason for you to be hearing this exact podcast, that there's no accident that actually to trust that and to recognize that this may be meeting you at any number of places on your journey back to remembering the divine feminine. Um, But that, you know, we, we get this stuff and, and actually it is really about us just remembering and, and, Often for me, the revelation project is about revealing any of the barriers that are in the way of me and remembering, you know, that's how I do my project. Um, And so my goal is to not, not do Sarah's project or anybody else's project, but to invite everybody to do their own revelation project, right? And to recognize that we each have our own way of finding our way, of finding our way back home to ourselves, of finding our truth, of remembering who we are. But this is this is an exciting time. And I told you, Sarah, we kind of laughed jokingly that we were going to kind of go on an adventure today. But who who knew that it would lead us to like the ultimate adventure? Yes, the the beauty of the divine feminine. So just going to circle back a little bit, pull a little thread here from what you said in terms of how we as women are created with this wisdom in our bodies Mm -hmm. and that our bodies actually are the repository of this divine wisdom and that we've been you know, alienated from our bodies, from from being able to come in contact with the wisdom that just comes through every cell in our body, Um, and how everything about that has been marginalized and hidden and 
and not allowed to be talked about um, in terms of our cycles, the wisdom of our womb, the wisdom of the feminine kundalini. Yeah. Um, it's it's a big joke that you know in our in our Victorian society that you know you can't go below the neck <laughs> without, <laughs> right, right. without being in some kind of distortion and all that's hidden all that wisdom is in this lower part of our body that's the forbidden zone you know which is why I say Sarah say yes to the mess because that's that those places we've been taught not to go and the reason we've been taught not to go there is because that's where our power is it is isn't it that's where our power is. And, and the reason I say, you know, that it's the mess is because it is uncomfortable when we get back there, you know, like to feel, especially for women to, and this is why, you know, it's so important for us to get into this practice of radical self-approval. And I want to give props here to Megan Jo Wilson, um, who's been a, a really massive teacher for me in my own life. Um, and is is really kind of um, she does also the work of Mama Gina, but this idea of really you know to reembody yourself is to allow yourself to have some mighty uncomfortable moments, you know, in terms of feeling your feelings, and you know they, they say that you know the truth will set you free, and of course you've heard the term, but <laughs> you know it will piss you off first because as you start to re-inhabit your body, you know you have to also confront all of the wisdom that is there. And as you start gaining that wisdom, there are some very inconvenient truths that start to show up, right? Um, because as we become, you know, interface and remember the truth of who we are, we may find ourselves in situations that are no longer really aligned, right? So this is when we say, say yes to the mess. It's, it really is about kind of inviting, ourselves to, um, to kind of get messy, you know, to, to be able to kind of be in the grit of our lives and to actually lean into that grit as what is going to refine us into the pearl, you know, it's, it's, it's that place of, um, you know, really coming back into contact with, it's not all going to be pretty and there's going to be a lot of moments that are just so profoundly beautiful, but it's, it's that place where everything gets to belong. That's also the feminine. Well, it really brings up some tricky places along the way here because in that journey to reclaim that, we also discover the way that we've been abused. Yes. And to and and the anger and the pain and the the being incensed, right? Enraged, enraged that that was taken, that was um, absconded with uh, through through this um, distorted masculine culture, and it's it's. It's really a journey to move through that and uh, reclaim your power in the midst of this context. Yes, it absolutely is. And I want to make sure, too, that, you know, when, when when we talk about this, 
there, we have so many allies in men as well, right? There's, we talk about the patriarchy and that's different from us talking about what I call the mature integrated masculine. Cause there are so many amazing men out there who have done the work, who are, you know, very much feminist and are very much aware of this just just as we come into our awakening, they come into theirs. They're also having an experience of the returning divine feminine. And it's, it's a powerful experience for, for both, you know, for both and all genders. And I want to be clear too, that that includes transgender, right? We've mm-hmm. all got to do this work of integrating these ent- energies. Um, and this is part of the, collapse of some of these system collapse that we're seeing in progress, actually. Um, it, it, it's good news. It's, it's hard to look at it sometimes as good news. But if we can remember that part of what we're witnessing is actually the collapse of um, patriarchal systems that, have long, that are long overdue, that this is part of the messiness I speak of. Well, the the transitional phases uh, during disintegration is very, very messy. Mm -hmm. And how much energy do we spend, male, female, anyone, to try to avoid that messiness? It's just amazing how much energy we spend. It's like our whole culture seems to be the result of trying to avoid that. Well, and especially women. And 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 the reason, you know, we've been so uh, it, it makes me laugh actually because I'm going to go back to you know raising my hand as a recovering perfectionist. You know, um, we've been taught that any mass in our vicinity is ours to clean up, and oftentimes as women, we find ourselves cleaning up everybody's messes all the time. And so, what this requires of us actually is to stop, stop it. <laughs> stop it stop cleaning up everybody's messes stop holding it all together stop making it pretty stop making everybody comfortable it's not your job i'm just letting that sink in it's not it's not your job. It's not my job. It's not anyone's job. We're each mm-hmm. sovereign beings. And the more we hold it together, like we don't realize that what we're holding it together for is the patriarchy. We're holding it together. If we keep holding it together, what are we holding together? We're holding together that distortion. We're contributing to it. Right. It's unconscious, mm-hmm. but that's what we're doing. I'm just, you know, tuning into this beam of light that's just like, like a staff being put into the ground as a statement of the truth. Yeah, you know, it's it's so great because, again, we've been taught that the feminine is kind of this pleasing, quiet, <laughs> accommodating, right, nurturing, and yet. The other, you know, side of the feminine is fierce, is unknown, 
is creation herself. Like the, the feminine is a powerhouse, right? Like this is what we've, we've been kept from this knowledge. And there's a reason why, you know, um, for women to be empowered in this way is a threat, which is why we were burned, you know, at the stake, which is why, you know, like there's been some very, very concerted effort to keep women from knowing the truth about how powerful the feminine is. And for very good reason, because if she knows and she steps in, the patriarchy can no longer survive. It's, it's a, an important message for women to hear that that fierceness, that passion um, has channels for expression that are not the traditional channels, but they're there. They're oh, intrinsic yes. to nature, um, to, to the wisdom of the feminine, and that you don't have to constantly suppress. Mm-hmm. But there's, there's a, um, a skill, a, a maturing, a development of that relationship with the feminine that helps guide how to take all that energy. I mean, if you're a woman that has a, had a child, you know that fierceness. Um, if you haven't had a child, you know the fierceness of of your passion for something in the world, and and what do you do with that? I mean, the immediate immediate reaction is just kind of tamper it down a bit, but <laughs> uh, or a lot, and um, self suppress. But there are channels for this that are inherent in our being that will guide us moment by moment, synchronous moments, synchronous serendipitous moments that'll take us into contact with the people that you mentioned and the growing network uh, matrix of this feminine wisdom that's coming alive again. That's right. And it's why, you know, it's why for me, the Revelation Project is also kind of leaning into that unknown, not needing to have all the answers and knowing that more will be revealed as I go. So just for those people listening, the Revelation Project is Monica's podcast. And is it more than a podcast? You have more yeah, under that so umbrella? Yeah, it is. It is. So, mm-hmm. um, so while I have kind of stopped um, doing my own circles for now, because I've been in the process of actually writing a book, um, what the Revelation Project really is, is it's a method, it's a practice, it's, a, it's an offering to women for a way to be in relationship with the feminine, um, and which is part of why I'm writing the book, is it really just explains a way to kind of be in practice with allowing the divine feminine to inform our lives and using the project as kind of that structure or that method. So for any women listening out there, you are already doing your revelation project right? And you're going to do your revelation project your way. And so it's important for all of us women to understand that what we have to remember 
you know, that there are some guidelines in terms of doing your own project. And one of those is don't do anybody else's project, do your own, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. So whenever I'm off in somebody else's hula hoop, I have to remind (laughs) myself, right? Like (laughs) do your own project, Monica, it's none of your business, right? Um, But it really does kind of start breaking the trance. Like the project for me is the big trance buster. It's about putting continually to put my life inside of my own revelation project and to start noticing where am I disconnecting? Where am I masking? Where do I stop breathing? And to start getting really honest about my life, to start noticing, to start connecting, to start recognizing, to start speaking, right? All of these ways that we can kind of tend to hide the revelation project gently asks, what is wanting to be revealed right now? And so it's a way for us to continually check in with ourselves in a gentle and loving way. And so at any point, you know, there's several things to kind of know if you're doing your own project But one of them is simply don't should on yourself, right? So there's, and so some of this will come out, of course, in the book. But if you listen to the podcast, you'll, of course, start to recognize the patterns or the ways that, um, you know, the project works in everybody's lives uh, a little bit differently, depending on who I'm talking to or, you know, what we're talking about that day. But for me, it's always about, the very first thing is about kind of re-inhabiting myself. So that was the very first thing I had to do in my own journey back home to myself was first I had to really practice being back in my body. So I had to stop numbing out every evening on glasses of wine. Now, again, that was my project, right? I'm not saying to any anybody out there that that's what you needed to do. But in order to f- start feeling my life, there were certain habits that I had that I had to stop doing so that I could be in my body so that I could feel my life. Right. So the project is different for everybody, but yeah, it is, it is kind of this, you know, I guess like, what could I liken it to Sarah? Maybe like, you know how Michael Singer has the surrender experiment. Mm-hmm. For me, that's what the Revelation Project is. It's a little bit different, and it's more about, you know, just just being in relationship with my life in a way that has me present moment by moment. Hmm. The way those words came out moment by moment were just so solid. Mm. It really came across as something that was conveyed to everyone listening. Yeah, yeah. There's this, like, for me, the Revelation Project is about, you know, weaving the soul into the fabric of our everyday life. It's it's my own spiritual practice. It's kind of my everyday spirituality, you know. And I, I grew up Catholic, right? So, like, for me, I had, you know, I was always kind of like it was a revelation for me to figure out that like I could pray in my own way, 
you know, that I, it was a revelation for me to discover that the goddess was the other half of God. It was a revelation for me to recognize that there was a woman before Eve, you know, and that the Garden of Eden wasn't the whole story. Mm-hmm. It was a revelation for me to find out that Mary, Mary Magdalene wasn't a prostitute. She was Jesus's first apostle. That Jesus was, you know, that Jesus and, and Mary Magdalene were the representative of kind of that twin flame, that divine masculine, that divine feminine, both, in, both of them embodied both and honored both and integrated both the divine masculine and the divine feminine, you know, that they were kind of the models that we know that we still speak of today. But of course, Mary Magdalene's story has been, her true story has been suppressed, you know? So, so what are the revelations in your life? You know, what, what, what have been the powerful revelations that have brought you back home to yourself? You know, that, that's what the Revelation Project is to me. Yeah, that's what um, the Earth Love Spirit podcast is for me, too, because that's the story I want to hear from each person. Yeah. From each person we speak with. How, how is your revelation occurring in your life? How does it look uniquely sculpted through you? Yeah, and then we can share our revelations with each other. I mean, mm-hmm. can you imagine instead of women standing around talking about, you know, gosh, some of the ways that we self-abuse ourselves as a form of communicating with each other versus saying, I had this amazing insight or I had this revelation about how I've been abusing myself. Like, I'm not going to do that anymore. You know, like how women are showing up for each other now in, in true sisterhood and in true support in that way, you know, where we're, we're able to celebrate each other and honor each other and stop fixing each other. My God. <laughs> right? Yes. It's just so refreshing. It's so liberating. It's so beautiful. Well, I celebrate your work, Monica. And mm. as we come to a close here, is there any last word of wisdom that you'd like to share with our listeners? Oh my goodness. Let me see. Well, what I will say is this. What gets revealed gets healed. So no, don't, don't be afraid, you know, of, of kind of what, what's below the surface or what, you know, what kind of fresh new hell is this, as my father used to say. It's really, I do believe that, you know, that every new discovery that we dare to make, and I say dare because it does take courage, that there's so much joy to come, that there's so much liberation and peace and love to come, you know, that it's, that it's all good news and that it gets to be messy while it's happening, that sometimes 
that's what life looks like when it's all working out. So don't forget to laugh as you go. Beautiful. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today, Monica. Thank you, Sarah. And all of Monica's contact information will be in the podcast notes. And we'll look forward to seeing that resource list that you're creating. And you'll be able to contact her through her website and all the other social media that we will have listed in the notes. So blessings all and have a beautiful day. Thanks so much, Sarah. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Earth Love Spirit podcast. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend. And be sure to give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.